0: Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. For this episode, Go See a Show correspondent Alex Randrup attended the inaugural production of Blockchain Theater Project. The show is called Nylon. It's up now at Theater Lab, and Alex spoke with many of the creative folks involved in the show right after the performance. Take a listen. So we're
1: going to start by doing that fun thing of going around in a circle and saying your name and what your role was with the show. Go that way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nicola Korzenko. I'm a producer on Nylon.
2: I'm Cesar J. Rosado. I'm an actor on Nylon, playing Matthew.
3: I'm Sheila Vand. I'm playing Anna. I'm Maggie Beaufield and I'm playing Marisol.
4: I'm Brian Miskell. I'm playing Colin. Canoe Adams, director.
3: Claire Siebers, Gigi.
2: Anand Wilder. Original music.
1: Makes yeah. sense. and I forgot to say I'm going to be doing this. You guys don't have to do anything. This is <laughs> a very fancy piece of equipment. Um, so we we kind of like to start the conversation just by putting the question out there of, and I like to make it a scenario because so you're like walking down the streets of New York and you see someone you haven't seen in a long time, which is really relevant to this play, um, huh. and. They're like, oh my god, what are you up to these days? I want to do something tonight. And you're like, come see this show. And they say, what's it about? What would you tell them? What's the kind of like sharing the play speech? I've got this. (laughs)
3: Ah,
5: (laughs) Because you don't want to spoil it. Right. So this is what I've been telling people. I've been saying this is a play where two people who used to be in love meet up. And they talk about their past relationship. And then something comes to light. That is a big surprise, and then the second half of the play is how that conversation affects everyone else in their lives. Mm -hmm. Wow, Wow. that was really well done. Because then you say something, but you also say nothing. Right. Because a big part of this play is actually like learning what is happening in it. Like we can't kill the
1: surprises. Yeah. No, that information reveal is like the whole ride of the play.
6: Yeah. 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 I think I've been spoiling the play.
1: You're <laughs> <laughs> doing it wrong. you got to sell it. you got to
5: make people come see the play.
1: You've got to make them have to come see it to find out. <laughs> they know the twist. You'll twists. never, really, re-
2: they <laughs> you know never believe
1: what she says <laughs> next. <laughs> yes.
2: She There's did still- what?
6: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag emotional. Fair <laughs> amount of twists, <laughs> Right?
4: Mm-hmm.
6: I only give away the first one. Mm, okay. Nice. OK. What's the first one? Well, what do we do now? What do we
4: yeah, do yeah. I don't think Absolutely we can not. say. Oh, I think no. it's you're, you're gonna, gonna have to, have
1: to, have to come see it. Go see a show. Uh, go
6: go see this show.
4: I um, say it's about the cages that we build for ourselves. Oh, that's
5: a good oh, yes, that's, that's, I stole that from Canoe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you said that to me when we were working on the. Sounds we were, like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
6: yes. a good one. That's very vague. And yeah.
2: but does that make people want to see a play? They're like,
4: I
0: don't want to know about the cages yeah. I build for myself. <laughs> yeah, that
4: sounds like a like a designer conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm glad we had it. <laughs>
1: um what's cool for me about this conversation is so I've been helping out with this podcast for like six months by far the most people rep in the show in this conversation. Which I think is really dope, because you can go to a show, despite how many are in the cast, or who, how many are there that night, sometimes it's usually only a couple people who are like, yes, I'll give the time, I wanna talk about this show, I wanna stay connected in, in this space <laughs> after doing the show, and it's kind of remarkable to me that there are math eight of you, here, uh, like, willing to stay and chat. So I guess I'm kind of curious, like, what's what's like the there feels like a special thing for you guys about this show? Was there something in the process, or did you connect really to the script where this is something you really want to show up for?
4: Uh, well, maybe I can speak to that. I think it is. Um, well, it's a testament to the the quality of the of the play and then the process that was offered all of us that. Um, brought us all together in the first place, you know, m- making art on a micro budget uh, in, in the stressful environment, which is, you know, uh, New York theater, uh, the the sort of promise and the invitation is that hopefully the experience itself will be sort of loving and interesting and um, that we'll all learn something from it. And, and, I, and I hope that we have. Uh, additionally, like as a director, I do my sort of uh, Jedi tricks to make it feel like piece is worked on longer than it actually is afforded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do that in myriad ways by working with the same people and over and over again. So, so you know, most of the designers and actors on the show i would worked with before. Mm-hmm. So you have sort of a familiar um, ensemble spirit walking into the room. Mm-hmm. But also I just think the, the the beauty of the play and the beauty of these actors in these parts is that they were invited to sort of um, bring a lot of themselves into the role, but also have a very sophisticated nuanced conversation about not only who these people are but how people behave in general and and how behavior and intention and thought and feeling can manifest on stage especially a room as small as this one and I think that's a sort of um, open-hearted welcoming that I think a lot of uh, artists aren't um, invited to participate on in every project and it's sort of my long-form experiment is how to bring more nuance and more intimacy and more uh, truth into the theater, which is a space where professionally, critically, uh, you know, I think there's not a lot of demand for it, so it's very self-selective, that project, and the people who are interested in that kind of thing often get along because, um, because they share a sensibility and a, and a, and a humor.
6: You did do a very good job, though. Yes, you did. I'm like it's not always like this, and I'm learning like it really isn't always like that. I might I had some uh, several friends who came yesterday who just kept talking about how interestingly cast they felt this was, and how they were. I was joking with everyone earlier before the show that they were like you know it's not always this good like it's not when you go see downtown theater it's not always that like every single person is well cast and everyone is yeah. good and, and like shines in their own way and like i you know i stepped away from theater for a minute so i'm just like oh it's always so fun and I'm kind of learning like no this is special this is like and i do think canute created an environment where you know, you knew what you were getting into, as you said, I think, coming into it, that, like, you had to be passionate about what it was about, because you weren't going to get a big, fat paycheck. (laughs) Um, And so that that brings (laughs) us all together. But also, like, it is a... I do feel really lucky about this specific group. And I didn't know that, like, other people don't show up afterwards. Like, we were all game to do it. I love it. That's
1: great. Yeah, and I think... Um, there's something really true as an audience member who just saw this play um, about what you said of like, there, are, there really are very sophisticated, nuanced, complicated conversations playing out on the stage. And even when we were just hanging out waiting for this to start, my friend and I got into like a deep conversation about thoughts on the play. Like it has a pretty immediate um, demand for response from mm-hmm. you. And that is pretty rare. In theater in general and in downtown theater and wherever you go that's a special thing so you guys have a special thing here.
2: They're all very human problems in the play and that's something that I really like about it is that it's people that look and feel like real people having very human failures and human goals and they're trying to take care of each other and failing in very human ways and I think that's it's really nice when you can see it play try to go after that because it's messier <laughs> than so much of the tidy theater that we see.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that's also the writing, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, mm-hmm. so much of it, that's the, the the ship that we're all on is this ship that puts everybody in a, in a place where they have to make decisions but they're not being judged as characters, you know, they're allowed to Make the messy decision, and then make the better one, and mm-hmm. then mess up again, mm-hmm. and and she does it with real hairpin turns, mm-hmm. you know. So the play is almost always ahead of like me as a character, even, mm-hmm. and so I think that creates kind of like a a ride that's exciting mm-hmm. and and real, you know. And it really is a you know who's gonna do it now? Oh, Who's gonna do it now? <laughs> who's gonna do it now? In a way, not that it's a, a mystery per se, but. And kind of a mystery. Where is she going to go? Where is she going to go? You know. So it's fun that way, and the writing really is so. It was such a joy to work on something that's so specific, and so you know each each word was carefully planted, and then respected, yeah. mm-hmm. and and it was, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah, you definitely get that sense. It's beautifully written. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like the there was this invitation to bring yourself to the character. Um, was that ever tough? Like, was that ever not a smooth thing to do with these very human people that you had to flesh out?
6: I, I had to actively not judge my character and, like, refall fall in love with some of the aspects that I was in love with in the first place, mm-hmm. which were, like going back to what Anand said about the cages we build, like I I loved when I first read this play, this idea that like we do create a narrative for our lives, and what happens when you start to confront the cracks in that narrative. And I think mm-hmm. that's this play for her, is like except like one crack like all of a sudden becomes like a whole chasm. Mm-hmm. And it and um and there were times where I don't know, her impulsiveness and her moments that maybe are more seemingly like petty or not thought through, I I, um, I just, I did sometimes struggle one with just like letting her be the mess that she is, which of course I can relate to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also like, you know, I still find that like each show that I like keep wanting to charm the audience in a way that I'm like, it's not your responsibility to be charming. like. It's just be her. And and I've been getting a lot of permission to do that. Um, And then also like, yeah, I I think as an actress it's like a little bit more of a general thing, but sometimes I don't know, like how much am I supposed to fill it up with myself versus like transform into, you know, I would do things like, well, but I would act like this, but Anna wouldn't and then Canute would be like, I want to see you. You are more interesting than this like, idea you have of the powerful woman that anna is and and it was nice to have that 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 liberty to to, but it does seem kind of like um what do you guys like a balance between who you are and who the like the sweet spot between you and there are some instincts i have that anna doesn't have and i just have to bury those (laughs) i don't know maybe you guys yeah, no, I feel very much. similarly that I... Oh, you're exactly like Colin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, yeah, I mean, I definitely had to think about how not to judge some of the choices that Colin makes through the play and some of the things that he asks in his relationship. But the more that we really talked about where he's coming from and like changed the way that these two characters fought just the way that we the way that we thought about how they were fighting it was um a lot it it made me think about moments of moments in my life where I haven't listened in the way I would like to and um not always hearing even while you're you think you're making such a good faith effort and you think you're being so kind and so smart there's um There's moments where you just fail to actually take in what somebody else needs.
5: I had some difficulty. Uh, Gigi, the character that I play, she doesn't have a lot of language on the page relatively speaking. And she comes in in the second act. And that means that she's spoken about before we see her. And Kind of the rule of thumb when you're like a dutiful actor is that you read the play and then you like go into your audition and you've read the play and you show you've read the play by being the person they're talking about. This is like what it's like 101. And it's the worst. <laughs> Not in my house. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's like the worst it's like one of the worst things about acting. And um, and what's so what's so nice, like what Knut just said is like I didn't have a I didn't have a lot of language. I had all this information, and then I I essentially like was encouraged to just come in, and be present in the scene. And like until the dress rehearsal, I didn't even know totally how I was going to play this part, because I'm very much not like the way this character is described. And Knud, like he, we've had the I've had the luxury of working with him a number of times now, and one of the things I've realized is that he wants you to come up from below the part like a lot of a lot of directors they want you to hit the part at a hundred percent the first time and even if you don't understand where it's coming from just like just do the thing until you understand and this is a very singular experience because he actually encourages you to like come up from underneath and be like okay what's the first layer what's the second what's what's like how much percentage of yourself do you need for this how much do you need to build and uh, you, you kind of don't have to get there till you're there mm-hmm. and so it was like hard in a way to uh, not judge myself and to let myself just work really slowly on this part and have faith that I might never get it until I maybe did you got it, if you that know. makes sense
1: yeah yeah no I can say you got it you got it something interesting about this play and the way that knut staged it is that like the audience is this invisible character in this play
2: Mm. not to us (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can see them
1: um but the staging and, and having such an intimate view into these scenes and these people's lives like i've noticed going from rehearsals into in front of an audience how the characters have like sharpened or and how things new moments have come alive that um, is is really, really interesting. And and each performance, it's, it's a little bit different. And it's sort of like, it's, like, it's very much like a dance. And, and the audience's energy is, is such an important part of it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've found that to be a really interesting character to watch develop throughout the performance. And it's,
4: it's, yeah, it's a testament to the writing in that Thea is very much interested in, in something which we share is that like sort of challenging the notion of what kind of people are worth writing about, or, or, or yeah. what, what kind of behavior, what kind of personality is stage worthy, and I think something that this play does, and hopefully that we're all doing, is not t- telling the audience how to feel about them, and I think there's emotional beats in this production, and in the writing itself, which are, if, if, if only, if, if, if all that you can see on stage is sort of this, the telegraphing of emotionality in a very narrow way that you're accustomed to seeing on stage or in film, it's almost not even legible because it's, there's just an, it's, it's uncommon. But I think, I think, you know, people contain multitudes and life is stranger than fiction. And, and so there's an expansiveness to like what thea and what we're asking of each other to sort of put on stage and, and by putting it on stage, we're declaring it to be worthy and true and necessary and it's been beautiful to watch audiences have to sort of reevaluate how they watch the piece as they go Mm. along to accommodate it's um you know it's like seeing a new color it's like a color between colors and you have to sort of uh yeah you have to you have to it takes a second to sort of um, become attuned to its subtleties Uh, but Mm. but it's just been so lovely to see audiences developed such a keen attention span and you know such a beautiful quality of observation that you can hear a pin drop but also you know what people think is hilarious or heartbreaking night to night totally shifts because we're together we've sort of made a decision not to overly dictate their experience for them mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah I mean it's it was a captivating experience because it felt like everybody was present nothing felt like we're just going through motions we're just doing the play um, and definitely felt present in this tiny, tiny space. Um, uh, l- as a last thing, because we have the composer with us, mm-hmm. the music was beautiful. And I'm Thank fascinated you. by the choice to really put, it's a lot of time to compose new music, especially for a play that's growing. and. I, I would love new, to hear
2: old, very old, <laughs> very new. Dust it <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm. I'm interested what is time? <laughs>
1: what is time? I'm interested in um, the the decision to bring that element in and not just like have a sound designer come in and create some tunes, but to really put the like attention and value on that element.
4: Yeah, well, I'll I'll not speak for his music, but I would say that we we had a sound designer on this as well who was who is a composer in his own right and is very musical and, and helped us deploy the music perfectly, Johnny Gasper. But uh, an early, one of the, f- the very first design decisions we made about the play was to invest in some original music because um, of the history of this relationship was sort of right. founded on mm. the fact that Matthew played music and that was so important to them and that he has left his music career since and we wanted the, the experience for the audience to be sort of haunted by mm. the sound of what could have been. Um, but the problem with a lot of theater composition is it's like really cheaply or um, inexpensively made sort of MIDI sounds mm-hmm. that like sound designers are doing, having to do last minute to sort of, you know, at- entertain the audience during a transition. So recruiting a real musician with, you know, a beautiful texture and beautiful original sound. That Go makes, on. You know, <laughs> it, it, it makes a difference. It's, 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 it's art and it has integrity and it has a richness of uh, to it that, um, yeah, hopefully teaches something to the audience about what that original passion was of the relationship, which was um, about touring and about music and about creating. I love that answer.
2: And That's didn't cool. my studio also inspire the set?
4: Oh, literally, yeah. I my, Literally, uh, yeah, I spent like four hours in Anand's home studio listening to all his like scraps and spolia, and it was very like uh minimalistic but chic and had rugs and had speakers all over the walls yeah. and cut to our production which has rugs and speakers <laughs> everywhere i love that that's great um
1: okay so uh nylon is running up theater lab until when march, march 24th march 24th <laughs> and people can get tickets and information theaterlabnyc.com theater slash nylon boom
6: hurry mm-hmm. though Hurry! Right. Keep selling out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't sleep on TV. it. And no, get that ticket in advance. <laughs> um, cool, guys. Thank you so much for being here and doing this. And thank you for amazing performance. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you, Canoe, Nicola, Caesar, Sheila, Maggie, Brian, Claire, and Anand for hanging out to chat about the show. And thank you, Alex, once again for another excellent interview. You can catch Nylon at Theater Lab, 357 West 36th Street, 3rd Floor in Manhattan, through March 24th, 2019. Head to TheaterLabNYC.com, that's to do with an ER, or to BTProject.us for links to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the Internet at Robert G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show.
6: Thanks for supporting
1: oh. indie
5: Theater. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
1: That's a better use of time, right?